My name is Ginny Buckley, and this is Pioneers from the team at Bridgestone EMEA, a podcast about sustainability, mobility, and innovation. In season two of Pioneers, we're talking to industry experts to help us get to grips with and understand some of the key issues. No country is following an instruction book to decarbonise and to clean their power system, but every country is working it out very, very quickly. The energy crisis has been building in Europe and beyond over the past year. And at the same time, there are moves globally to ban the sale of new petrol and diesel cars. Now, energy supply is, of course, key to this transition. And we know that many consumers around the globe question if there is enough energy to go round once we all switch to electric cars. So to help me unpick that subject, I'm joined today by Graham Cooper, Head of Future Markets at the UK's National Grid. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. I'm going to kick off with a very obvious question, but I'm going to ask you what the National Grid does in the UK. So just explain the role that it plays and also what you do within the National Grid. Okay, so really simply, um, in the UK, uh, National Grid is the motorways, you know, the freeways of the energy system. So National Grid doesn't make electricity, National Grid doesn't buy electricity, National Grid doesn't sell electricity. We are purely the conduit from where it is made to where it is consumed. And then the local roads of the energy system are our regional distribution businesses. So that's, uh, I guess, the transmission system and the energy system as, as a whole. What do I do within it? Well, my role is head of future markets. Now, it's a bit of a strange title, but if you think about it, the energy system has been largely dominated by big power stations, and it's normally the power is just then flowing through downstream. But what's changing is people are generating their own through solar on their roofs. People are electrifying transport, talking about electric cars, but also people are looking at getting away from uh, burning oil and gas for heat and therefore electrifying heat. Can we deal with this one straight away, Graham? In one word, will the national grids and and will the grids around the world be able to cope if we all switch to electric cars? Is there enough electricity to go round? So so I can give you the one word answer, Ginny, which is yes. A little bit longer answer is yes, because we'll have to, right? We can't not make the transition. You're approaching this as electric cars are coming, so the grid and energy system has to change. The cold reality is the energy system in almost every market has been changing over the years. So over the last 20 years, um, I'll use the UK as an example, we've gone from a broadly coal-fired powered energy system 20, 30 years ago. Now, um, in the UK, we have more power from clean sources than by burning stuff. So the grid has been changing to accommodate that. So we've gone from centrally powered coal-fired power stations to large offshore wind farms, and that's growing. So grids around the world are at various stages of this transition. But from a climate change perspective and an air quality perspective, and actually more recently from an energy security perspective, the energy systems are changing. So the energy system has been changing for 20 years, and it will continue to change for the next 20 But I guess the follow on, I guess, thing in my mind is then 
most people will say, well, where is the power coming from? So let me give you just some very broad numbers, right? And I can give you the UK perspective, but it will it'll be slightly different in every jurisdiction. But by about 2050, the UK will consume at least double the amount of electricity that we do today. To be able to do that, we will need four times the amount of clean generation that we have today. And conversely, that will mean we need twice the grid capacity than we have today. But even if you look at the commitments made at the COP climate summit, the UK is committed to 50 gigawatts of offshore wind by 2030. So, you know, just about seven years away from now, right? Now, there's enough power in that 50 gigawatts of offshore wind to decarbonize all road transport in the UK. So when people worry about will there be enough electricity and also more importantly, will there be enough clean electricity? I am reasonably confident that by the time vehicles are catching up to the energy system, there will be more than adequate clean energy system, um, clean energy on the on the electricity system to cope. So while there is this sort of natural preconceived idea that we will all come home and plug our cars in at the same time, the reality is that actually that's not going to happen. We're going to be using power, but using it at different times of the day and night. That's how it's going to work, is it? So what's happening is consumers are going from just consuming energy and we're actually democratising energy. We can all play a role in it. Now, I don't mean that means everybody listening to this is going to be really geeky and switching stuff on and off. Most of this stuff is going to end up just being controlled by smart apps. So that democratization of energy is coming. And by that nature of that time of use tariff, those price signals, a lot of the demand for EVs will move away from the peak in the morning when we all get up and have breakfast and that peak in the evening when we're all at home having dinner. Having driven an EV now for many years, um, having smart chargers and a smart meter at home that gives me that information, um, I don't even, you know, I'm so much more aware. I understand my energy consumption and I am not somebody who is geeky and who that comes naturally to. It's actually just become, you know, part of owning an electric car. Um, and the beauty of it for, for me, and I don't know if, if you own an electric car, Graham, it sounds very much like you do, um, is that, you know, the car does a lot of it for you. You can program in when when you want to charge you don't even need to think about it i'm a real petrol head right i was i was before i had an ev i was one of the last people who i think would own an ev but when you drive one you realize it's they're a fabulous fabulous way of travel but i in 2017 had a little app running on my car that just talked to my energy bill and said only charge when the grid is cheapest and then it talked to a signal that comes from national grid from my organization that shows when the grid is the dirtiest, you know, what power stations are running and therefore how clean is the power. So since 2017, my car has been automatically charging only when the grid is cleanest and cheapest. And the biggest problem I have is because I've outsourced it to an app, my biggest problem when I go talk to the provider of that app is can you reset my password because I've forgotten it. Because when it just works well, it's a, almost like a fit and forget, right? I, I, I set it up and I've not had to revisit it, right, in, in all that time. And I've changed my cars in the meantime. And when I change the cars, you just tell it it's got a different car with a slightly different size battery. 
And it says, OK, and then just carries on. So it is one of those things. I'm, I, people would probably assume that because I work for National Grid, I'm really geeky. I don't have the time to be switching stuff on and off. I just outsource it to an app and it's just done automatically for me. Where do you see, looking into the future um, that in the UK and globally, the main sources of, of the energy that fuels our cars and our homes? Where is that going to come from? So what I would say is we actually need a mix. In almost every market, you need a mix of everything, right? So there is no silver bullet for powering a country. But what you need to do is to have the combinations that work well for your country. So let's use the UK as an example. So the UK, relatively small island, but we've got a lot of coastline. So the UK is one of the windiest places in Europe, and the sea is the windiest place in the UK. So you can see what the UK is doing, is saying we're gonna go big on offshore wind because it's the cheapest power we will make. But what it's also saying is we're gonna have a bit more nuclear because obviously that's a bit more reliable, and, you know, always on. Um, and then we'll have some interconnectors, some wires to other countries so that when we've got too much, we can push it to another country. And when they've got too much, they can push it towards us. So, you know, we've got wires between us and Norway, between us and Germany, between us and the Netherlands, between us and France. OK, so there are lots of those wires under the sea. So the answer to your question really is there'll be a variety of sources. But what you do is you play to the strengths of those resources and think of them working with each other, not against each other. And so I'm very confident that the UK will have a clean power system, so 100% clean power by 2035. Now, that's not that far away, really, in energy terms. But also, the really clever people at our control room at National Grid Electricity System Operator, they are actually planning on running the UK grid completely clean, just for a period of time to learn how to do it, from 2025. Well, that's only two or three years away, right? So, but, but yes, initially, it will be running the country clean, on clean power, maybe for you know, 15, 20 minutes, and they'll learn, and they'll try some things, and then it'll be half an hour, and then, you know, so it, it's doing and learning. No country is following an instruction book to decarbonize and to clean their power system, but every country is working it out very, very quickly. Just take a look to the future. What do you think is gonna be the real big game changers in, in global energy um, that are coming, that are heading our way? Flexibility is critical for stable grids in the future where you have a mixture of generating technologies, right? So flexibility. Now, most people jump to, I need flexibility in the grid, so I need a battery. But what I would say is flexibility is going to be everywhere. So it's going to be um, storage near power generation. So if you don't need the power and the power stations running, can you make hydrogen cleanly and use that later? Um, can we put, use more pump storage? So, you know, there are dams in Wales where you, we pump the water up it at, at, uh, at night when the energy is cheap, and then we let it down and make power when, when, when um, uh, power is expensive and needed, right? So what I would say is flexibility is the one thing that I think is really critical to the successful transition. But that flexibility is going to come from so many places. It'll even come from your home. So smart charging is a form of flexibility. Vehicle to grid is a form of flexibility. And even when we get there, 
um, having heat pumps and electrification of heat. Well, a water tank is just a big heat battery. So you could heat your home and a hot water tank when the grid is clean and cheap, and then pause the heat pump when the grid is dirty and expensive. So I think the thing for me is flexibility everywhere is critical. I think a lot of it will be done with clever technology. And what we're really seeing is just three, three industries coming together, energy, transport, and digital. And actually those three industries collaborating and convening are actually gonna make this transition successful. Brilliant, Graham. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure um, to talk to you today on the podcast and brilliant to get your insights as well. There are some exciting things heading our way. Thank you so much for joining me. For our colleagues in Bridgestone EMEA, you can read much more on this on Be Connected EMEA. For everyone else, please keep an eye on Bridgestone EMEA's LinkedIn for the latest news. My name is Ginny Buckley from Electrifying.com. Goodbye for now.